All right, so we are super, super excited and blessed um, to introduce Jennifer Gambino. She is um, the wife of the pastor at um, Crossroads Church in Hamburg, and she's going to share a little bit about herself when she comes up. So let's welcome her. I spoke with um, Dana this morning, pastor's wife from Lafayette. I know a lot of you here from Lafayette. And uh, she's just so disappointed that she couldn't be here this morning, but she sends her love. Um, these complications from the radiation have been just a kicker for her this, this season. So we're going to just keep praying for her and lifting her up. Um, but I just want to start off saying, first of all, thank you to the team of ladies at Lafayette for, for having me, for inviting me. And especially, I know we're recording for Dana. I want to say thank you, Dana, for giving me this opportunity. I love you. <laughs> she is a special, special lady. And um, you know what, Dana? You are the best example to me of having joy in every season. And I think everybody here can attest to that. So could we all just give her a round of applause this morning? Dana, we love you. and We appreciate you. So she mentioned, for those of you who don't know me, I am the pastor's wife at Crossroads Church in Hamburg. We've been there for about four years. Um, my, um, we have four daughters. Uh, my youngest is 12. She thinks she's 22. <laughs> the next one is 15, and then 18, and then 21. Um, and my older two are away at college now. So I am down to two at home. And uh, they are just a blessing, and it's amazing, and it's, I love the season we're in right now. So we're really happy about that. But so speaking of seasons, I'd like to talk about having joy in every season. I love this time of year with the lights and the decorations. I love singing songs about joy. And you know what else? I love that when we're in the stores or watching TV and the movies, we're hearing the name of Jesus and the story of his birth everywhere we go. And it just seems like there's an extra joy everywhere we go. But Unfortunately, the kind of joy that most of us or most of the world is experiencing this time of year is it doesn't really last much past the new year. It's kind of gone after that. So I want to ask you, how do we keep the joy of the Christmas season all year round? But as I thought about that, is that really the right question? Are we really truly filled with the joy of the season? Or are we emotionally moved by the glitter and the lights? Do we just put aside the pain and stress of life to have just a little joy for a season? And I think some of us do. So we're going to come back and talk about that in a minute. But first, I'm going to share a little bit of my story. And when I think about the different seasons of my life, I remember thinking that one of the hardest seasons was when those four were all in the toddler through elementary stages. And then I got into the elementary through junior high. And then I got into the junior high where I am now, into junior high into college stage. And I'm here to tell you that every season has its challenges, right? They're all hard. They're all difficult. But uh, now, looking back, I honestly wouldn't have it any other way because I wouldn't trade the lessons that God was teaching me as a young mom feeling isolated and overwhelmed, as a new homeschooler trying to find my place in a new environment, as a mom of middle schoolers who, let's be honest, they're smelly and hard to understand. <laughs> but and then also in this season of young adults who are desperate to live a life of their own, leaving me hoping I've done enough to prepare them. 
Every season has its challenges. But in the book of James, he encourages us with this in chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work in you so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Motherhood certainly can be a test of finding joy in every season. We're challenged at every stage, but it's also a season that God gives us glimpses of the potential in our children as we're walking through. He gives us rewards along the way with each of their achievements and seeing the world through their eyes. Another season I found myself in was early 2014. Our girls were between the ages of 6 and 15, and it was a good time for us. We had just been through a few challenging years, but things were settling down, and I remember that New Year's Eve Right at the beginning of the year, we had taken a picture, my husband and I, in front of a sign that said, the best is yet to come. And I took that picture and I put it on my phone home screen, and I would look at it all the time because I just knew that we were on our way to something amazing. I just had no idea the twists the journey was about to take. And on the morning of February 27, 2014, this was our verse that my girls, I think I forgot to mention, we homeschool our girls. And our homeschool Bible lesson that morning was... Um, it just so happened to be First Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18, that says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And we talked about being thankful no matter what life brings. And about a half hour later, the phone rang. It was my husband. He had just been laid off of his job at Verizon after 26 years of working for them. Immediately, I was put on a stage in front of these four girls. It was like God was saying, here's your chance. Are you going to be thankful in every season you go through? I could fall apart in fear of the unknown. I could choose joy and be thankful in every circumstance. We could view it as an opportunity for our faith to grow and mature. And one thing for certain, it was no longer a lesson I was just reading to my girls. I had to live it in front of them, which honestly is a much better lesson, isn't it? We learn so much better that way, and that's what we love as homeschoolers. So for me, the choice was clear, but that didn't mean it was going to always be easy. The moments of feeling overwhelmed by it all would hit me in weird waves. I remember I was walking through the grocery store the first time I actually cried about it, and I just remember all of a sudden, I was looking at the groceries in my cart and looking around the aisle and thought, This might get harder to pay for these groceries in the months to come. I'm not really sure how this is all going to look. And I just had that moment. So it became a daily choice. And over the next few years, I chose, I had to choose faith over fear. I had to choose to trust his promises no matter what I saw with my eyes and to choose joy in this difficult season that became an emotional roller coaster, as you can tell, for almost two years. And it all started that morning. I gathered my girls, and we did exactly what we had just talked about. We prayed a prayer of thanksgiving. We prayed together, and we thanked God for Daddy's job. We thanked him that it had given us a comfortable life and home for all of these years. They didn't know anything different. We prayed for Daddy. We prayed for direction as we looked toward the future. And after we prayed, I was reminded that earlier that week, I had been asked to sing at church that week. And I had turned it down. (laughs) So now it's Thursday, and I thought, well, by now, of course, I'm sure they've filled that spot. 
because I really felt after praying that I'm supposed to sing Sunday. So I, I called the worship pastor and I said, by any chance? And he said, it's still open. You can sing. So I was, as I was preparing that song that week, um, I decided uh, the song that hit me was a song that, you know, wasn't necessarily, there's nothing wrong with the songs that say it is well with my soul. It's a great song. Nothing wrong with all the songs that say, God, you're good no matter what's going on in my life. But at this season, I just felt it was important for me to just sing about the wonders and amazement of the, the creator of the universe. And I just wanted to sing about how great he was. And God gave me this verse as I was preparing it. It's Psalm 59, verses 16 and 17. But I will sing of your strength in the morning. I will sing of your love. For you are my fortress, my refuge in times of trouble. You are my strength, and I sing praise to you. You, God, are my fortress on whom I can rely. And then over the next few weeks, too many things happened to share, but God confirmed to us that it was indeed time for us to move in the direction of full-time ministry. We had been looking towards that for uh, over a decade at that point, but we just thought it would be later when he chose to retire, (laughs) not necessarily when he was pushed out. But this was the way God was moving, and um, it became clear that that's what it was time. But it was going to be another two years before we would be voted in to be the pastor at Crossroads. First, we had to endure a season of testing, which we just read in James is for our maturing. It was a time uh, to learn about trusting in Jehovah Jireh. For my husband, who was a very good provider for our family, it was very hard to let go of that responsibility and to trust in the God who provides in a way that we hadn't had to before. But we found over and over that he provided above and beyond our needs in ways we never could have imagined. It was a season of learning how to trust, even in uncertainty. I'm a planner. I like my calendar. I like to see it all laid out in front of me. I like to know what's going on three months down the road, six months down the road. But during that season, we had no idea. So I would find myself... People would, I'd sign my kids up for something and I'd find myself saying, you know, you know, if we're still here, <laughs> I don't know, we're just trying to figure it out. And I was convicted of that, just we're trying to figure it out. But I, we didn't know, were we keeping our home? Were we selling it? Were we, if we stayed in New Jersey or, or were we staying in New Jersey or were we moving com- somewhere completely new? We were up for whatever. We really just said, God, take us where you want us. Um, so we didn't know where that was going to be. It changed moment by moment, some days, other times it seemed to be weeks and even months of silence. Because of that, I didn't know how to prepare my girls for an unknown future. But God gave me a reassurance that he had already been preparing them. And now looking back, I can see just how prepared they were. And they're just, they fit into this role like I could never have prepared them myself. I just had to rest in his sovereignty. Eventually, after seven church positions that didn't work out, one secular job that he chose to turn down, we were introduced to Crossroads in the fall of 2015, and it was clear from day one that God was bringing us here. But it, looked, it took a few more tumultuous months before it was finalized in January of 2016. See, I didn't have it all figured out. I couldn't see where the road was taking us. I still don't. <laughs> still don't see the end of the road, but I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that God was in control and that he had plans for us for a hope and for future. And I had, I only had to choose to surrender, surrender my will, surrender my fears, my doubt, my insecurity, 
And frankly, I had to surrender my need to know. (laughs) I found his peace in that. And in that, I found his joy. And in his joy was my strength. So for those of us who are just getting through the season, those who will be affected by the letdown after the holidays are over, there are a few things I hope you heard in my story today, and I want to encourage you to make these choices in order to have joy in every season. The first one that I had to learn is to choose joy, sometimes daily, because it's easy, I've found, to fall into a pity party mindset, compare ourselves with others. It always seems like it's easier for other people, especially in our social media culture. Right? It always looks better on Facebook. <laughs> but um, in those seasons, what I find helpful is to, I write verses, I find verses that are important to me. I find things like the words, choose joy. I write them down on chalkboards. I write them on post-it notes. I put them, like I said before, on my home screen, on my phone. And you might even, if you come into my house, you find them painted on pretty signs. (laughs) I remember my mother-in-law once coming in and saying, do you need to choose joy? (laughs) I had it all over my house at the time. Yes, yes, I did. I needed to choose joy. As with any choice we're making, we have to be intentional. And it says in 2 Corinthians 10, 5, to take every thought captive. So when you're feeling discouraged, when you're battling fear, when you're in those hard times of life, we have to choose to set our focus and attention above the noise. That's when I read scripture aloud. That's when I put on worship music that puts the focus back on praising the one who is in control. And when we do that, he fills us with his joy. Secondly, I had to choose surrender. Most of the angst and anxiety we take upon ourselves is from our need to be in control. We want to control our schedule, the traffic, the weather, our health, our children, and dare I say, our husbands. (laughs) What I think we'll find out sooner than later is that the only thing we have control of is ourselves. We control our attitudes. We control our responses. We control our actions. So we must choose to die to ourselves, surrender our desire for control, and surrender our own will and truly say God's will be done. I said earlier I was convicted of constantly saying, we're just trying to figure out what God is doing. He doesn't want us to try to figure it out. He wants us to rest in his sovereignty. He wants us to trust him no matter what. And that's another thing I find myself saying often. God, I trust you no matter what. And I remember a moment I was feeling overwhelmed at a decision about one of the churches that had offered my husband a position. I really didn't want to go there. (laughs) My husband was willing. He wasn't necessarily feeling like this was it, but it was the first one we were offered. And I didn't want to stand in the way of it if that's what God was doing. So after a week or two of indecision and angst, I told the girls I needed some time alone. I went up to my room. I closed the door. And I literally just threw my hands up in the air and I said, Lord, I surrender. And I said, God, you know I don't want to do this. But I will. We're willing. If this is where you're taking us, we'll go. And wouldn't you know, (laughs) it was only a few hours later that it was confirmed to us that that wasn't where he was leading Do you ever think that maybe he's just waiting for us? (laughs) All we have to do is surrender it to him, and he's got the answers there ready for us. Along the way, he's allowed a few curveballs here and there, and my words come back to me, no matter what. And I've been so blessed in those moments when I say those words, Jesus, I trust you. 
that he floods me with his peace. So here are some of the verses that I use to keep my head in the right place in those seasons. I'm going to read Matthew 6, 33 and 34 from the Passion Translation. It says it like this. So above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him. Then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. Refuse to worry about tomorrow, but deal with each challenge that comes your way one day at a time. And then it says in Philippians 4, 7, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We need his peace to guard our hearts and our minds. Fear, anxiety, and doubt are weapons of the enemy that weaken us and they steal our joy. When you find yourself struggling with any of these, commit to studying these passages and there's so many more. If you start looking up joy in the Bible, there's a lot. Read them aloud as a declaration. As you digest them and meditate on them, commit to not just hear them, but do them and that's where you'll find release. And the last key that I had to hold on to, to keep joy in every season, is to choose thankfulness. I want to just go back to 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18, where I started this journey. It's part of my journey. I'm going to read it this time in the Passion Translation because it's a beautiful interpretation. It says, let joy be your continual feast. Make life, make your life a prayer, and in the midst of everything, be always giving thanks, for this is God's perfect plan for you in Christ Jesus. For us, it started the moment he lost his job. We gave thanks. It continued through that season and beyond. I used, I used that social media. I used Facebook to uh, give thanks and praise in the midst of the unknown. I found myself sharing our story with complete strangers. Once I remember in a dentist office, meeting a woman who was in the same place as I was. Her husband had lost his job and they were on their way to ministry. And we were able to share together how thankful we were for a God who sees and knows and brought us together in that moment. And that happened over and over again. God just kept bringing people into my life. The more I gave him thanks and praise, the more he just flooded me with people to surround me to to just keep lifting me up. When we choose this mindset of thankfulness, it also helps that there's no room for complaining. We know exactly how God feels about complaining because those poor Israelites walked in circles for 40 years until a generation rose up to change the narrative. I don't know about you, but I don't want to walk in circles. I want my life to have purpose and clear direction. I want to be known for the great things God has done in and through me. I'm not perfect, and I've struggled with this one along the way. And so I look to scripture and I look at the the book of Philippians. Paul wrote this letter to the Philippians as a manual about joy. But in it, he's honest about his suffering, his betrayal and grief. And that in itself is not complaining. We can unload to our best friends. I unload to Dana often. (laughs) We can unload and, and it's not necessarily a complaint. We can even tell the Lord how much we're hurting and how much we dislike the season we're in. But in order to live a joy-filled life, we need to follow that up with thankfulness. Find something you're grateful for, no matter how small. Some days, it might be as simple as the beauty of the snowfall. Even if you're thinking about how much work it's going to be when you have to clean it up, take a minute and enjoy the beauty of it and thank him for that. I know I certainly did on Monday. Or the giggle of your kids in another room. Find something that it is for today that you want to be grateful for. But 
also need to try to find things to be thankful for in the midst of the big trials. And so on my heart right now is my precious little niece. She's not even two. And she's going to be going for her third open heart surgery this week. And so we can get caught up in all that that means for her little life and the stress it puts on my sister and her family, our whole family. But I choose to be grateful. I choose to be thankful for that little girl. When she smiles, it lights up a room. And I could go on about all the things I love about this little baby girl. But mostly, I'm grateful that she's alive because she wouldn't be without the grace of God. After a couple days, she wouldn't have made it. And so I'm grateful for the surgeons. I'm grateful for these surgeries that are going to keep her alive another, hopefully forever, right? Not ever, but as long as she possibly can live on this life, on this earth. She's a sweet, sweet little girl. So if you think of her on Wednesday, at the 11th, I think is Wednesday, is her surgery this, this coming week. So we can all look back and say, what a faithful God that brought me through when we think, see things on the other side and it went the direction we wanted. But I think the test and the testimony is really in the middle of the storm. And I want us to think about what we're saying when we, in the middle of it. When we have a sick child or we lose a job, when we get a negative diagnosis, when we go bankrupt, when a child breaks our heart and when the one we love betrays us, do we allow ourselves to be shaken? Do we allow doubt and fear from the enemy to rule our minds? Do we try to figure out what to do next? Or do we say this? What a faithful God you are. Not because of how happy I am. Not because I have it all figured out. Not because you've answered my prayers in the way I'd like you to. But because of the joy you give in spite of the circumstances around me. Because you're right there next to me in every season. And when we can do that, we will find our breakthrough there at the point of surrender. We will find our peace in the midst of the chaos. And we will find our joy in spite of the pain. And that joy becomes our strength. So let's make it a priority to choose joy Choose surrender and choose thankfulness. In closing, I have a song I'd like to sing for you. It's a song that I sang that first Sunday after he was laid off. And it's called Join the Song. And I pray that your hearts will join in the song of praise. And that that praise will be a catalyst of joy in every season for you. Your name, I will lift my highest praise. 
and fountain of hope fill you to overflowing and uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in him and may the power of the holy spirit continually surround your life with his super abundance until you radiate with hope thank you for your time this morning <laughs>